Well, praise God, hallelujah. I am so thankful that we, that we were able, I, I did contact uh, Reverend Josh yesterday and I said, hey, I was like, just, just in case, you got anything, you know, because I didn't know what the outcome would be. But praise the Lord, uh, I, I, I contacted him from the air. I said, I think we're gonna make it. So uh, praise God, we made it. And I am so thankful, but you know, it was a, a, an amazing week. It was, uh, uh, you know, a really awesome in, in a lot of ways. You know, if you follow us on social media, you, you certainly saw some pictures and stuff like that, but it wasn't all just standing in front of pretty things taking pictures. Not that it wasn't good, it was good all along, but God really revealed some things to us. And like my wife said, I believe that a lot of that's gonna come out as we go. But one, one of the things that I wanna share with you um, really quick, um, and this just came to me, you know, my wife was reading, of course, we always start the services with John 8, 31, 32. And I just wanna read it again to you. It says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you know, and that word continue really just stuck out to me. It just kept, just kept really, you know, it really was magnified in my spirit, that word continue. And, and you know, so often when we think about continue, we think about, you know, if you, th you think about something you started and you continue to do it, or, uh, you know, my wife often brings up, you know, when we were kids, we would, we, we would watch a show and it would say to be continued. And so we knew we'd come back uh, hungry to get the, the rest of it, wanting to see the rest of the show. But you know, I've seen it in, in and my spirit was like this, you know, even in the times of trial, when we have the opposition coming against us, when we have the, the hard days, you know, the, the, the word is really always about continuing, isn't it? Yeah. When we look at the word, it's always, when we look at, you know, from Genesis all the way through uh, Revelation, it's always, always has something to do with this continuing. Amen. And this continuing is, is continuing through the hard places, continuing uh, through trial. You know, um, there, we were telling uh, uh, Josh in the back room just, just before we came out here, you know, there was this moment we had, or I had uh, on the way when we were, we were going there, like, did I, did I really miss it? You know, because it was quite expensive for us to go. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to spend, uh, I don't want to take money away from my family and, and, and use it in a way that's not, uh, that's not uh, good. And it was like, you know, it would be nice just to go somewhere, but you know, we went with a different purpose, with different things in mind, really believing that the Lord was leading us to go. And as we stepped out in that, of course, we learned more and more and more day by day, all the things that God was doing. And, it w and he was opening that, uh, that to us as we kept going. But the whole, the whole reason that I brought this up is because, you know, if we hadn't continued on into that, if we hadn't pressed on into that, we would have never seen those things. And of course, this isn't the first time, the first time we've stepped out, the first time we've, we've moved forward in this kind of faith. But we, you know, we're learning to do so more and more. And of course, uh, we find that, uh, the, the incredible importance of continuing. Now, I know it says continuing in, in his word, but really his word we understand is his direction. And his direction, first and foremost, is founded in scripture. And you say, well, if you say, uh, well, what about his direction? You know, some people have claimed that this word could also be his direction to us. I believe that that would be so. And some people might have an argument against that. But I'll just simply say this. When Jesus said go into all the nations, he didn't say specifically which nations you should go into. He didn't say specifically which one of us should go where or, or whatever. And, and, and as we learned, you know, as we were flying into Phoenix, it was really interesting because we came in, uh, we came into Phoenix we landed about two, two in the morning. So we landed there about two in the morning, their time. So we, 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 four in the morning, our time, but two in the morning, their time. 
And so, but as we were coming in, it was, everything was lit up. And I knew Phoenix was big, but I had no idea how big it was. And of course, coming in at night, you can see all the lights and it just, it was like this place in the desert, you know, there's nothing, 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 because you're flying over the desert and stuff. And then all of a sudden there's just this enormous thing. And I'm like, dear Lord, how are we ever gonna find what you have for us here? I mean, that's the thought, that's the first thought that came out. I was like, oh my gosh. This is enormous. Like, I don't even have a, I don't even have a specific place I know to go yet. We didn't even have a hotel. We didn't even have a hotel. We get there. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> let, let me tell you, everything that's God will always try to be robbed. Just, just, just mind those words. Amen. So we get there at two o'clock in the morning. We had booked a hotel like good, good preppers, the good preppers we are. We had booked a hotel and we get there, at, we get there about almost three o'clock in the morning, right? We get about 2.30 in the morning we get to our hotel and they wouldn't let it there was no open door it's just there was no room at the end you know what I mean there was like there was no no open door so we my wife is there knocking and uh and uh <clears throat> finally a guy a guy stumbles out of some back room and he says you know he's like what are you here for kind of thing she's like well we have a room booked and and he goes in he starts looking and he's like uh, you know, he's like Expedia's uh, card didn't work, so we just uh, we just canceled you. And we're like, okay, well that's an issue. We can sort that out all out when we get some sleep. But but uh, 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 is there any rooms left? He's like, oh yeah. He was like, well, can we rent one? He's like, no. We're like, what do you mean you can't rent one? He's like, well, our our shut off for renting is like. 10 p.m. I'm like, what do you mean shut off already? You got rooms to rent. You knew we were supposed to be here. Obviously, it's a glitch not on our end. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm like, okay, well, do you know any place that we could go close by? He's like, honestly, I don't know any hotel that will put you in at this time of night. I'm like, we just flew in. We have no place to stay. What's that? We're right by the airport. So this is probably not, it's a 24-hour airport. Glory to God. But my wife ended up finding a place and uh, last minute, and <laughs> praise the Lord for it. Um, but you know, everything about it was uh, everything about it was was going to be more. It was going to be more expensive. You know, the room. Uh, I think we had to pay, end up paying like almost double what, what our room was going to be. We ended up paying for it, and we had no choice in the matter. And of course, nobody's going to reimburse you for that stuff, except for the Lord when you follow Him. Amen. But the idea of continuing and pressing through. You know, if uh, there's so many times where we could give up in life, there's so many times where we could just be like, you know. I'm I'm just done. I, I don't want to go any further. But the ones who get the prize are the ones that push through, the ones that continue. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, that's not my message, but uh, it is interesting nonetheless. And Hallelujah. And it'll make you love to travel. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, it's, it's just so funny. That's, uh, uh, that, that's what happens sometimes. But uh, yeah, the devil will try to rob from you, but you got to keep, keep your head about you and just, just keep going in God's direction, especially when you know it's him. That's why it's so imperative to know when it's him. Because when you know when it's him, he's like, well, you got to work this out, God, because I can't, you know. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, he literally told us. He's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to rent anything to you. I'm like... <laughs> I mean, you couldn't just give us a room, take our credit card, and like let us like you know, double charge in the morning. You know, I mean, figure it out then. Like, run the credit card in the morning. I mean, well, praise the Lord. But uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Today, today's message is called "Judging by Fruit," Part Seven. Amen. 
So I can't believe we're part seven. I don't know how long I've ever done a, a series for, but I know I've never done seven in a row. Um, uh, I've never gotten this far, but uh, we're only at, we're only at the third part of uh, of, of this series. So, uh, of course, I don't know or, uh, the third fruit. Anyways, we've been talking about the fruits of the spirit, of course, you know, and uh, and actually, um, the the fruit that I'm going to talk about tonight is one of maybe one of my favorite uh, today. I keep 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 <laughs> messing up when we are. I, I told her when we came in, like, I, I had a kind of a renewed energy, you know, and I'm like, well, we, we are, you know, we did sleep in two hours today. Well, we, we got in late, slept in two hours, so just forgive me as I stumble through this, but we will make it somewhere, I promise you. I don't fully expect that I'm going to finish this one today either, this, uh, on, on, on peace is what we're talking about today. But there's so much about peace, you know, when we think about peace, of course, uh, you know, growing up, I, I remember the peace, you know, we had the peace sign, of course, and that wasn't our generation, but that was left over from the previous generation that gave us a peace sign, and people talk about, uh, you know, uh, 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 peace and love and all that, and, and most often we think about that uh, as it pertains to war and stuff like that or fighting but peace in the Bible is really a, a quite an involved word it's not just one thing it's not just it's not just okay the act of not fighting is not you know and that's what a lot of people would look at peace but peace is a deep-rooted thing actually we understand this according uh, to scripture that peace is one of the things that God called himself he's the God of peace amen and when we understand that um, uh, the, the the translation into the Hebrew is actually Jehovah Shalom and uh, and actually Jews would greet each other with that word shalom uh, and, and they did that because of uh, they, they saw themselves in covenant with God amen and so they would uh, greet each other with shalom but the, that that understanding of what uh, shalom means or peace is is actually it, it's much greater than that and I want to tap into that because peace is also peace is not just a, a state of being but it's also a way of acting it's a way of um, it's a way of, of being led actually when I was um, uh, kind of uh, meditating on this a little bit on the plane uh, last night but peace is is our direction uh, one of the things you know we've talked a lot about being led by the Holy Ghost of course and I've had people asking us about being led and how to be led and stuff like that but you know the number one way that God will lead is by peace in your spirit amen and this is why it's so imperative for us to be acquainted with what peace is all about when we when we give peace a chance hallelujah uh, but peace is not the hippie peace that you know the that some people distorted and, and talked about you know um, <laughs> praise God you know and, and actually all of that is actually found in a lot of evil I had this came across my my mind at some point uh, in, in the last week um, but have you ever heard that song, Imagine, by John Lennon? It's a very beautiful song. In fact, it was one of those songs when I first heard it, I was just kind of in awe by it, you know. And really a lot of people, you know, there's, there, it imagines all these wonderful things. But you know that that song is very anti-faith. It's very anti-religion. It's actually a very evil song. But it's packaged in such a way that it would never come across that way. You know, the first, uh, 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 you know, the very beginning of the song is imagine there's no heaven. You know, you know, that's where God resides. So let's imagine that. Well, we could imagine that. And I actually think people should imagine what it's like with no heaven. And it would scare the hell out of you. 
to tell you the truth, it, it, it would make you want to go towards that. Because when we understand that the difference between heaven is hell and hell is this. Heaven is where God is. Hell is where God isn't. Amen? Praise God. The reason that God sends people to hell, and it's not really that he sends them to hell, it's that's where they go on their own accord. But the reason why people go to hell is not as much, is not as much about being punished always, sometimes it is, as much as it is about rejection of Christ, rejection of God. When you reject God, there's only one other alternative, that's un-God, that not God. And we understand this, if you understand the word, that God is only good. And only good is God. And so there is no good without God, and there is no God, uh, yeah, there's no God without good. Amen? So if you don't want God, which would be heaven, then the only other alternative is not God, which is hell. And so when we understand that, and maybe it is important to contemplate those things, but not in some kind of dreamer-like way, you know, that, 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 that hippie idea of being, and, and you got to understand, I'm kind of a, kind of a pseudo-hippie. Like I, we, my, my wife, the, the other pastors, they kind of see us that way too. We have that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. We like organic things and we like, you know, I even like, I, I, I even like things made out of grass and well, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't do drugs. We don't do drugs. We don't do drugs. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we, may, we like things that are earthy. I like the smell of patchouli, uh, you know, just different things. You, you know, like that earth and smells and stuff, natural things. We like that kind of stuff, amen? If we grew up in the 70s, we probably would have been that. That was probably all the drugs my mom did in the 70s. That's all I've been. No, I'm just kidding. My mom didn't do any drugs in the 70s. My mom was, my mom was a pretty, she's like, hey, I just remind you this all the time. You raised me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But not for that, she says. I didn't, I didn't raise you to be like that. We all know that I didn't go the way she raised me. I went a very different direction. Amen. Glory to God. But, but you know, God, uh, but that whole idea of peace that, that came out of that era, really in what people, you know, I'm not saying that everybody who embraced that was embracing it from a wrong standpoint, or even that all of it was. But the idea is that, you know, God's peace is much different than what the world's peace is. And we need to understand what God's peace is and reject what the world's peace is. Because the world's peace is only a taste of what God's peace is meant to be. Hallelujah. And so if we embrace the world's peace, then we, only, then we miss all that what God has for us. And there's so much more. So let's go, let's start all over in our key note scriptures there. Uh, uh, Galatians 5.22. Praise the Lord. Galatians 5.22. I think about these scriptures all the time. I love these scriptures. They're life-changing. They will change your life. They'll change anybody's life. You know, the only true way to judge spirituality, we've talked about this many times during this series, but the only way to judge true spirituality is not by manifestations. It's not by, uh, you know, prophecies. It's not by, uh, it's not by experiences with the Spirit. It's not by having visions and dreams. And uh, it's not by healing the sick. You can't judge spirituality by healing the sick. Amen. You can't judge spirituality by walking on water even. The only things you can judge spirituality by are by the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Are the fruits of the Spirit active in the life of the one who is claiming to be spiritual? Or the one who is desiring to be spiritual? Amen? 
our circles. I'm so thankful for our circles because there's so much I've learned being in them. There's so much that has been put into me that is, that is life changing. But I'm going to tell you right now that it's real easy with some of the stuff that we've that, that, that we've seen to also take that too far and to get into error. And we want to be very careful of that. God has called us to be the ones that keep that under control, of course, by the leading of the spirit. Amen. But we don't want to reject spiritual things either. The end of First Thessalonians in chapter 5, there's a lot, a lot of direction, you know. It tells us not to despise prophetic utterances, and it tells us not to, uh, you know, to hold fast that, uh, that which is good, amen, or to hold to that which is good, amen. Praise the Lord. So we know, know that, and examine all things. We talked about that last week as we talked about the revival, and there's been some interesting things that have come out about that, Amen. Praise God, hallelujah. That doesn't mean that we can't have revival, but it does mean that we need to examine things and look at things. And if we would examine them with a spiritual, uh, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, lens, yeah, we would get an accurate uh, indication of what's going on. And one of, the, one of the great ways that we can instantly tap into those things and know something is right or God is through peace. Hallelujah. Galatians 5.22, have you found it? It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. I love it. I'm going to just go back here. I've said this before, but we're going to stop there again. The fruit of the Spirit is. Like it's, it, it, it's not this and, it's the fruit of the Spirit is. I love that. Hallelujah. The fruit of the Spirit is. Brothers and sisters, we can put a stamp, we can put a period, we can put an exclamation point right there. The fruit of the Spirit is this. That's what it is. It's not something else. It's this. The Bible's very clear. Hallelujah. We don't have to. We don't have to wonder about it. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to, you know, ask other people about it. It's written there, black and white, for all of us to read. The fruit of the Spirit is. Hallelujah. When you see that the fruit of the Spirit is, and you automatically know what the fruit of God's Spirit is. And if you know what's God's, uh, what, if you know what the fruit of God's Spirit is, then you know. Whether or not what's being, uh, what's happening in your life, or what you're seeing in other lives, is the fruits of the spirit. This is how we judge things by the fruits of the spirit. Glory to God. I, I, I you know, we've, 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 we've had so much back and forth over these last few years, especially of people that are being spiritual or claim to be spiritual, or everybody looks to as spiritual, but they can't do the most basic spiritual things that the Bible tells us. The fruit of the spirit is love. Now every one of us is going to walk out of love at some point. But if you habitually walk out of love, you better stop with all the other fancy stuff you're doing and get back to the beginning, which is love. Amen? Praise God. But we ain't preaching about love today, but we could. Hallelujah. And I kind of like to, but we're not going to. But then it's joy. And of course, we talked about joy and what that is. And the joy isn't always just ha being happy and smiling and laughing, but it's a state of mind. It's a place of being, amen? It's the, it's the power. It's literally the power of God working in our lives. And so you don't just have, no, there'll be times that we laugh. There'll be times we laugh in church. Not just because pastor's super funny, but sometimes because the Holy Spirit moves on us. Those things can happen, and that's wonderful. Glory to God, amen? But those, if we just look at one thing and say, this is what joy is, then we miss out on the fullness of it. But now we're on to the third thing. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you right now, we can have some of these mastered better than others, but they all work together. Yeah. 
These things all work together. It's not like, oh, okay, here's a big list of stuff and, and I got to figure it all out. No, if you just, if you start at the beginning, if you just focus on love, God is going to lead you through the steps of the other things. It'll be easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? It's just like that. It's just, it, it's not hard. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I was just thinking about that fruit we picked. They have all these fruit trees everywhere. They look like oranges, but they're not. They are oranges. They're just not oranges you want to eat. And we're like, why is nobody eating these? They're just falling on the ground. Caleb, get out and run over and get one of those oranges. So he runs over. We pull over to the side of the road. He runs into the median. He's picking oranges off the street. Jumps back in the car and we're driving away. My wife peels it apart. She pops a piece in her mouth and she's like, she's like, uh, whoa. I'm like, is it good? I said, try it. She says, try it. Yeah. She said, try it. So I pop it, and instantly I'm rolling down the window and spitting it out. Man, that thing like punched me all the way through my head. It was awful. Glory to God. <clears throat> so don't squeeze. I don't know if they were just not ripe or something. I don't know what to deal with. Well, I know what they're called, and they were definitely, they were definitely bitter, man. <clears throat> Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. See, but you can judge the fruit real easy, right? We, needless to say, we didn't stop at any more of them, even though they're all over the place. I was sitting there thinking, I was like, there's, you know, there's homeless people. I'm like, they could just be eating this stuff. And I'm like, well, they knew better. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You always tell where someone's from by the fruit they eat. <laughs> Amen? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Amen? So if we, if we operate in these things, we don't have to worry about being out of the will of God. These things are what righteousness is all about. And, you know, and these things individually, when we, we just get acquainted with them, you know, one of the things that's awesome about the love of God is that, you know, He's given us these lists of nine things that are fruits of the Spirit. But it's not like you have to go constantly figure out. When you start walking in the fruits of the Spirit, you literally will start like just knowing when something's not right. You'll sense it. And you don't necessarily need to specifically in that moment necessarily have to go do a, okay, this is this fruit and I, I got to do this to get it. But you just know that something's wrong. Amen. And, and peace is one of the, peace is one of the top, of course, it's the third one mentioned. And I do believe that there is some truth uh, to the idea that these are listed in some sort of uh, importance. Um, but uh, I, I can't necessarily prove that. So, uh, you know, if you see it differently, that's fine. But I do believe that uh, peace is a very important thing. Um, and, and when I say listed in order of importance, it's not like, okay, love is, is way up here. And then joy is, you know, you got to fly 10 hours over here and then walk a mile or two and, you know, uphill both ways to get to it. And, and you finally get to joy. You know, it's not like that. No, they're closely related. These things aren't like so far apart. These are just giving us a different, uh, different wording to kind of evaluate the things. But, but really, these things work very closely in conjunction with one another. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, uh, so it's important for us to, uh, to learn these in, in peace uh, being the one that we're focusing on today. Um, and perhaps next week and maybe weeks after. Who knows? Uh, peace, it literally means, are you ready for this? It literally means, it's a lot of stuff, so get ready. It literally means security, safety, prosperity, felicity, 
of Christianity, speaking of Christianity, it means the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly law. That's, that's what peace means in Christianity. So to apply all those things that we just read, it, all those things are wrapped up in it. Let me read that again. Of Christianity, praise the Lord, the tranquil state of a soul or your mind, right? Assured of its salvation through Christ. Now that, that's an important thing because that's faith, that's understanding faith, true faith right there, being assured of its salvation, a mind that is assured of its salvation. Now that salvation, of course, we talk about that word a lot and we, have, we can't get too far from it. That word salvation is a power-packed word that doesn't just mean that you die and go to heaven. That's, that is salvation, but that's not all of salvation. Salvation is present preservation as well, amen? Um, it, it means security, safety, prosperity, felicity, glory to God. Um, <clears throat> assured of its salvation through Christ. And look at this. This is so important. And so fearing nothing from God. Yeah. Fearing nothing from God. And content with its earthly lot. Yeah. Of, whatsoever, of whatsoever sort that is. Now, before I go on more in the definition... Let me, let, me, let me explain to you what it means to be content with your earthly lot. That doesn't mean that if you're, you know, you were born, born a drug addict, uh, born into a drug addicted family or a drug addict and you're thrown on the street and you're homeless, that you're content with that lot and say, well, I never have to, I should never want anything more. That, that's a foolish way of looking at scripture. That is a, a, an old wrong way of interpreting scripture. That is not what the Bible is talking about. Because you never see that God calling his people to, to do that and certainly not to put, actually there's a scripture that says if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel, which is an unbeliever. So if you're not somebody who provides for your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. Let me say that again. If you're not somebody who provides for your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. That's, a, that's, a, that's an amazingly important thing. Now, prov provision comes in a lot of ways. Now, obviously, we don't all provide the same things in, in a family. But providing the part that we're supposed to. Yeah. But, you know, that also applies to your local church, too, your church family. What do we provide for each other? And I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about whatever. You know, what do we provide? Do we provide our gifting, our calling, the thing that God has called us to? Do we, do we magnify that? In other words, do we do right by it? You know, God has called each person in here to do something. What do we do with that? Do you seek God? Have you ever asked the questions? What God are you calling me to? See, this is an important part. And there's so many people that are running around without peace. And the reason they're running around without peace is because they're seeking things that don't cause peace. Yeah. Amen. I said the reason that so many people are running around without peace is because they're seeking things that don't cause peace. Amen. People that are in pursuit of this life, people that are in pursuit of this world, the things, you know, just, just looking to add and add and add to their life. You know, um, you know, as we've traveled all over the place, one of the things that I've learned and over and over and over again, there is no shortage of finances in this world. I said there is no shortage of finances in this world. People spend money that you can't believe on things that you can't imagine. I'm just telling you the truth. 
you know, we, we, because we're in this area, we don't really understand, you know, like the idea of, of doing things a certain way. And this is what, one of the reasons I love when God takes me somewhere, because a lot of times he'll take me places that, that break me out of that poverty mentality that we're all stuck with here. And if you didn't know it, we are. Amen. If you've ever had a moment where you freaked out over $10, you have a poverty mentality. It's just the truth. What's that? Oh, we've all done it because we're ingrained in this area. It's, it's almost, I don't know if there's a spirit about it. I don't know what it is. But in this area, people freak out over nothing. Literally nothing. Do you know people spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on absolutely worthless things all over the place? They do this all over the place. I mean, people, there's people that spend, you know, gobs of money on houses. And there's uh, uh, one, I, I thought I had heard this uh, uh, a couple weeks ago about this person who was staying in this hotel that was $20,000 a night. And then I heard about this time that I think it was, what was it, Rihanna? Uh, we were told, we were talking about the other, Rihanna came to Phoenix and she was staying there because she was filming something or doing something. The Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, that's what she was doing. Does anyone know that she was in the Super Bowl? Uh, <laughs> praise God, hallelujah. But she was $60,000 a night. This is the house she stayed in. $60,000 a night. Think about that. That's, and that's not an uncommon thing. You understand, that's not, like here, we can't, even, we can't even fathom that. That's not an uncommon thing. Don't ever let anybody tell you that there isn't money, there isn't things out there, there isn't ability to tap in. Every time you feel limited because you don't know how you're gonna come up with 100 bucks to fill your gas tank, let me just tell you, people are spending money you can't even imagine in this world. If you trust God, he'll take care of you. Now, I'm not saying he's gonna put you up $60,000 a night. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, I, I, I can't imagine any man or woman of God justifying spending that much money on a hotel room a night or a, a place to stay. Hallelujah. I just can't do it um, because there's so many good things. But that doesn't mean you can't have something nice. It doesn't mean you have to find the, the, you know, the, 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 the least roachy roach motel to stay in just because you want to save 10 bucks. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. My wife's like, well, I guess we might have to sleep in the car. I was like, no, we ain't. We're going to find a place to stay. We'll find it one way or the other. Somebody will take money somewhere. Amen? I'll start knocking on doors if I have to. I mean, we're just going, we, I am not sleeping in this car. <clears throat> Little car. Amen. Praise the Lord. But it also, peace is also defined as that blessed state of a devout and upright man after death. And this is, this is important. I don't have it up there. I keep looking for it up there, but it's not up there. The blessed state of devout and upright men, meaning mankind, really understood, because not just men go to heaven. Amen. Um, but that blessed state of devout and upright men after death. And what's interesting is how that word, this word connected, the same word that's used for that is the same word that is used for the word peace that shows us the fruit of the Spirit if we're living in it here. Do you know that you can walk in God's peace here? You can walk in God's peace in the midst of trials. That's exactly what the 23rd Psalm is all about. Somehow we've missed it. Somehow we've, we, you know, we, we, we take it as comfort, kind of, but we don't really, really, we don't let it stir us. 
Do you know when you let the word of God stir you, you take something that's not just, you know, that's, that's what it's for. The scripture is given to us partially for comfort. So when we look into the scriptures, we can see ourselves and we can see what God, the kinds of things that God does and we can take them upon ourselves and we can be freed from our thinking of worry, our, our, our feelings of anxiety, our, our feelings of not being taken care of or when the opposition rises up against us, you know, we, we can take the scripture and allow it to stir us and excite us. But you know, there's, there's just this common vein in people that I've seen where they just don't, they just don't allow that to happen. You know, the, the, the whole idea, the whole concept of revival is allowing what God wants to do to stir us. But God has given us a book of revival to ha partake of at all, all times. Now, that doesn't mean it's always going to seem exciting. But we can stir ourselves. And I'm just going to tell you, people don't stir themselves enough. Christianity, uh, actually one of the big things that God was dealing with me on is, is uh, and I believe that this is going to be somewhat of even a newer direction, but it's teaching people on how to be good Christians. Because I'm just going to be honest with you, Christians don't know how to be good Christians. Christians are going around justifying sinning all the time. Christians that are embracing everything that the world embraces, and they're justifying it. Christians that, you know, are, are, are living in, in, in relationships that aren't right before the Lord and they're not convicted. Christians that can go on sinning and they can sit in church and be okay sitting there. There's something wrong with that. Listen, we need to get to back to a place where there is a whole, when we understand that being a Christian means you change. That you don't embrace the way that you were. You know, there's all these movements that are trying to sneak in there and they're getting in there sly. They're kind of moving in there, trying to get us to embrace this and get us to embrace that. Amen. Amen. Christians that, that, that do things that, that the world does. Christians that look kind of like I did when I was living like the devil. Amen. Uh, those types of things. You know, we, we have to break away from that. Like, it's not about a list of rules, but at the same time, there is a standard we should uphold. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I said there's a standard that we should uphold. Glory to God. And that's the blessed state of a devout and upright man after death. Glory to God. But we can enter into that here. Yeah. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to read through several scriptures. I don't want you to turn there because I'm going to read through them quickly. I'm going to try to give you enough time to write it down and read it. But what I'm just showing you is several scriptures where God, uh, where God is called peace. Amen. Uh, the first one uh, is Judges. We're going to bring them up here. So just take down the reference as we do it and, and uh, you know, you know the read them up here and go to it later. I, I'm a big fan of that. You know, you can, you can go to your scriptures, the things that you heard in church and go to it later, right? You understand that will help you, right? That God doesn't just preach a message to entertain you for an hour, but there is a message that God gives you that will help you for the week. Amen. And it will help you for the month. It will help you for the next year. Glory to God. Because what God is doing. In the, see, this is why so many Christians, because they, co they come to church, okay, just, just give me what I need for today. So they get their, 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 their daily dose of church or their weekly dose of church. And then they go out into the world. They forgot everything that the preacher said. They forgot everything that was delivered to them on Sunday morning. And then they wonder why their, their life seems like hell the rest of the week. Well, listen, if you would just look for God every day, if you would just look for him in the way and the veins that he's teaching you, you wouldn't need more exciting stuff. You would have it all. It would be birthed right out of you because that's what the spirit does. You know, that fruit producing that the spirit wants to do does it through your spirit. He starts here on the inside of you and brings it out. Glory to God. That means no matter where you are, you know, if they take this, you're dead. So you're with him anyways. And that's OK. So as long as you got this, you understand what I'm saying. 
your, your, the things that make you move and live and all that stuff. As long as you got this, you've got, you, you know, your spirit is here and you can keep going forward. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. <clears throat> Judges 6.24. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah and, well, the other one. And so, <clears throat> you know, as we look, it, the, of course, this is what uh, uh, Gideon named it, right? The Lord is peace, but we know that that is literally Jehovah Shalom. Yeah. Amen. Do you want to know what, you know, you understand the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, primarily in Hebrew, some Aramaic, but primarily Hebrew. And uh, uh, the New Testament is written in primarily Greek, right? You understand that? Yeah. So Hebrew and Greek are different languages, different words, right? It's like Mayville and Sherman or Mayville and Westfield. They're close, but they're not the same, right? And so in the Old Testament, there is also a definition for the word that's commonly used for peace. Are you ready for this? And it's so different. It means completeness, soundness, welfare, Completeness in number, safety, soundness in body, welfare, health, prosperity, quiet, tranquility, contentment, friendship of human relationships with God, especially in a covenant relationship. So that's what it means. So it means the same thing. Yeah. Glory to God. So peace in Hebrew is the same as peace in Greek. Aren't you glad? Yeah. So when we see that, we can, we can get on board real quick. 1 Corinthians 14.33 For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. He's a God of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now, you understand that I'm giving you a few of very many scriptures. Amen. Romans 15.33 Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. The God of peace. So it's a, notice that it's, a, it's an explanatory word, right? It's, it's a, a character, it's given us the character of God, and that's why it's being used like that. 2 Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete. That's interesting. I'm going to stop on this for a second. Because I, I only put this in here because it's, it, it's talking about God of peace. But look at this. Finally, brethren, be made complete. Yeah. That, that's, that's instruction. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Be made complete. Well, how do we do that? Rejoice. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Right? Being like-minded is up to us. Yeah. If being like-minded is up to us, being comforted can be up to us. Yeah. And so can be being made complete. Live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. Hallelujah. And so we see this, that peace is important, evidently important to God, right? Yes. At least several times and that's enough for us to say he is the God of peace. So peace is something that we need actively working in our lives. Peace is something that we need to understand. Peace is something we need to embrace. And as we're going to find out at some point throughout these, these messages, that peace is literally the direction of God. Yeah. You know, as we're talking about the direction of God, I remember my pastor always said this to me, and I, I like it, so I'm going to share it with you. But he always said that God leads more by stop signs 
than he does green lights. In other words, God isn't always going to give you a, 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 a green light, like, like, like in the sense of, uh, you know, go here and do this. A green light tells you to go, right? But he leads more by stop signs. As we start stepping out in things, all of a sudden there's like something on the inside of us. It's like, eh. That's called peace or a lack of peace. And see, the thing is, is what's so wonderful about it is when you have a lack of peace, it doesn't mean something's necessarily wrong. It may be mean the direction you're going is wrong to just stop. So often I have found we start heading this way and it's like, eh. And so we stop. The very, the most basic ways of learning to be led by God's spirit on the inside of you is by knowing and recognizing peace. Yeah. When you recognize that this isn't peaceful, you know what peace is. And if, we, if, if you didn't know what peace was, I just explained it to you. Go back and listen to the archive, right? Because we just, we just read about what, what peace is all about. Peace is about, it, it's a state of being. It's a state of mind. It's a, this is why so many people, you know, they live chaotic lives and they wonder where the peace of God is. So you rejected the peace of God because you live a chaotic life. Amen. Amen. One of the things I hate about traveling is that the process of traveling is always chaos. It's always like you, you're rushing to get somewhere and you got to be somewhere by a certain time and you got to get there just so you can make it. And then sometimes there's all these other things that happen. There's people, all kinds of people getting crammed together and all kinds of people with different ideas getting crammed together, putting them in, in a close space and, and putting them somewhere, whether it's a bus or a plane or a, car, a taxi or whatever, it doesn't matter. And so, uh, you know, when we were over there uh, in, in, in Phoenix, we're driving around, uh, literally drove all over the place while we were out there. And these highways are just unbelievable. And, and the drivers out there are just even, even more unbelievable. And it was like, I mean, we're talking 75, 85, uh, even close to 90 miles an hour, bumper to bumper, going like nonstop, five, six, seven lanes wide, and just weaving in, in and out. There's no peace in that. It's chaos. Accidents all the time. Actually, this one, one main roads, we're told, uh, my cousin who lives out there uh, told us, she said, uh, there's so many people that die on that road. She said, don't go on. This is a person who lives there. Said, don't go on the road. It's one of the main roads out there. And, and you know, the, the, the point that I bring up is because these, these things are always perspective to me. You know, people that live these kinds of lives, you know, their life is like that. It's like that traffic. They're just zooming through life and they're going at things and they're not even thinking about what they're doing. They're just, they're just going at it and they're doing all the steps and they're making all the motions through life. But then at the end of the day, at the end of the week, they're not satisfied. They're out of peace. They're like, you know, I, I, I don't even know what's good anymore. And they start fighting with their spouse. They don't even know why they're fighting with their spouse. They're fighting with their friends. They don't even know why they're fighting with their friends. They're fighting with their kids. They don't even know where they went wrong. Have you ever had these things happen? You know, we were talking about this TikTok generation. One of the number one problems with the youth is, it, it, one of the number one problems with the youth is this, 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 this thing that, that, we've, that, that really, it's not us, it's China, has put into people through TikTok. It's ta- TikTok, if you didn't know it, is Chinese in origin. And, uh, uh, it, it, and it's much different here than it was there. But that's free, no charge. But at any rate, what is it? These quick, quick flip, flip through, flip through, flip through, flip through. Second, sometimes, my wife was at a, uh, she was asking some students about, a school dance that they that they had. How was the school dance? And eh, it was okay, but the the DJ they they played songs through, and, uh, and she said, "What do you mean by that? Played songs through?" And they said, "Oh, they played the whole song." They were disappointed because they, they played the whole song. They don't want to hear the part they want to hear, and then be on to the next one. But do you understand what this is? This is an attack on people's peace. 
It's an attack to get people to, yeah, I, I'm not in, I'm, I'm, I can't be interested here. I got to move on. I got to move on. I got to move on. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And we see this in adults too. And don't think that adults are exempt from it because adults do that all the time. It's like, oh, I'm not happy with this situation. So I'm going to move. I'm not happy with this job. So I get another one. I'm not happy with this person. So I got to get another one. I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy with this town. I'm not happy with that town. Yeah. Glory to God. It's chaos. Now, listen, there's a difference when God moves you into something. And sometimes when God moves you, if he, if, especially if he calls you in any kind of traveling, you will be. But you know what you'll find? You'll find peace. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do. When God calls us somewhere, we look for peace. We look for his peace. Actually, um, praise God, peace is an open door. So often the open door into things that is, uh, you know, we w went to Phoenix not knowing what we were going, and I knew I was going to be talking at least some about it this morning because a lot of this was all about following peace. Yes, sure, we had some direction, but, you know, the only thing that the Lord said to me, he said, there's something for you in Phoenix. That's all he would say to me. I said, he said, there's something, it cost us thousands of dollars to go there and do this, to seek God and find out what it was. And I don't say that to, you know, like I'm not looking for anybody, you know, to chip in or any, it's, that's not what it's about. I'm not trying to, to gain any kind of props, but I'm just letting you understand. See, following peace will, sometimes it'll cost you. Sometimes following peace will put you in comfortable positions. Believe me, it, put us in, it puts us in comfortable positions all the time. Every step of faith we've ever had to take, we've had to take it by faith, by peace, We've had to follow peace, and every time it's been fruitful. This building was bought in peace. We didn't have the money for it. We didn't have the money to remodel it. We didn't have the bodies to remodel it. I spent hours and hours and hours working in this building just to get it done. And, 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 you know, and then we bought the Cory building. We, we, the day we signed the papers for the Cory building, not one person from Cory and most of our helps from Mayville didn't show up. And they, they didn't show up not because they were, you know, there was stuff that came up, but it was one of those moments where it doesn't feel very peaceful. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's chaotic, but I knew that it was the plan of God. Well, actually, we have fruit of that right here. These two sitting back here, back here, they drove by. They saw our sign that says, God works on Saturdays too. I think Aaron was the one that said, hey, we, we should try that out. Yeah, Aaron's like, yep, it was me. <laughs> Hallelujah, it was me. She, I had to convince her, but it was, oh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, but no, yeah, seriously. And, 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 and praise God. But see, that's how a husband and wife can work together too. Yeah. Because he, you know, it was on his heart to do it, and 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 and, uh, and she jumped on board with it. Amen. Followed peace. They followed peace, and it brought him there. And then, as a result, it's brought others there as well. And so, and that's opened the doors. You see, for other things. And see, God, that's what God will do. He'll call us to things, but we have to learn this following peace thing, because follow, just following uh, what makes sense. If you follow your finances, you'll never do anything for God. Just gonna tell you right now. If you follow, if you, if you follow, if you let your finances dictate what you do, yeah. you will never, ever fulfill the plan of God yeah. because you don't have enough to do what God needs you to do. Right. One of the things God keeps showing me is I don't have enough to do near anything that's needed to be done. Yeah. I don't have enough time. Actually, God was showing us that out there. I, 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 I can't, oh, praise the Lord. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough of me. I don't have enough of you, even if everybody in here. Do you understand that? If everybody in here was just like, we're all quitting our jobs, we're just, we're independently wealthy now, we're going to do this thing. I'm not saying to do that, but I'm just saying if we all, say that all happened, do you understand that there's still more work to be done than all of us could do individually? Let's say every one of us was called to do this, was called to preach, and every one of us was independently wealthy, right? And every one of us had a direction to another city, another town where we could plant a church. 
we still wouldn't even scratch the surface of what's needed. The group of us couldn't go into a city like that just by ourselves with what we have and change it. The group of us couldn't just change this county. But you see, when, we, when you follow God, God will lead you into those things and he'll lead you by peace. He'll lead you by peace into those things which he has for you to do. And when he does that, then you find his provision. You'll find his supply. You'll find things, money from th places that d didn't exist. You'll find uh, people, help from, from places you'd never expected. Yeah. I tell the story about Reverend Rich over there. There was, there were, I can't remember which country it was in, the, you know, the one that we travel with. And uh, uh, I don't, can't remember what country it was in, but he was, uh, some woman had recognized his, uh, his, their accent as being American. And, and so they, they said, are you, you know, you're American? And, and, and she, she approached them and was like, yeah. And she said, this is what she said to him. She said she was Muslim. She, and when she found out that they were missionaries, she said, she, she said she was Muslim. She said, I will help you start a church because I know the good that can come out of people, out of that kind of, because she said this is a word perception, but it was a perception nonetheless. She said, you Americans have got church, you know, you know how to do church. Like you can bring people together and we don't have that at all over here. So this Muslim woman wanted to help a Christian. In case you didn't know Muslims and Christians, the faiths, they, they don't intermix. They, they're completely opposed to one another, in fact. Amen. Uh, for one thing, we believe that Jesus was the Son of God, and we have to believe that, otherwise you are not a Christian, right? They absolutely reject the fact, that, the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. They believe he was a prophet. They believe he was a good prophet, but a good prophet is not the Son of God. Right. A big difference between those two things, amen? And so we have salvation. They don't have salvation. But this Muslim woman wanted to help these Christian pastors. Praise And she was serious. Glory to God. This kind of, you, you see what I mean? Like oh, God will stir the hearts of people. He will do things to try to get things. You, you, you know what I mean? Because God, God will, uh, but he does it through peace. And, and, and if we are walking around fighting all the time, if we're walking around in opposition and chaos all the time, we're not going to know any of that. He is a God of peace. And he wants to be with us, but he operates with us in peace. And so peace is something that's at the top of our list, at least personally, in places that we have to go. One of the, what I mean, a goal within ourselves. One of the things that I learned is that it's very difficult for me to, um, uh, to, to minister if I don't have peace. And so if I, you've heard me before, I try not to, to fight with my wife before I preach, especially, because if I do, before I minister, I have to stand in the pulpit and apologize to her and tell everybody what I did. I've had to do that before, right? <clears throat> I try not to do that, or I try to apologize to her before we get in here. It's a short drive, but I gotta get my attitude right really quick. Yeah. Takes us less than five minutes to get down here, but in five minutes, I have to go. Be, I got to go from being raging mad to being real happy and real ha uh, and real good, real quick. Otherwise, I got to stand here and do it. But that'll tell you something. That'll teach you something. That means if you got something, you're so fired. I've been fired. I've been so fired up, I couldn't stand it. But then by the time I get to Valley Street, I realize, well, I'm almost to church. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And so you got to get it turned around real quickly. Or the Lord will deal with you because, see, this is the thing about the Spirit of God. He's not just going to let you slide on these things that are, that, that are not good. Get it right. Why? Because God operates in peace. Yeah. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, he works in her too, so she'll forgive me. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. 
You know, we go at the world differently. We see things differently, and sometimes we have to understand that. But peace is the thing that should always lead, uh, that should always lead us. Amen? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, go ahead and turn with me to James uh, 3.16. I don't even tell I'm not even getting into the good stuff today, so. Uh, praise the Lord. But it'll help us. This world, if you haven't noticed, is trying to rob your peace. That's what it's after. It isn't even trying to rob your love. It'll just try to redefine your love. But it ain't going to try to rob your love. The world doesn't mind if you love on each other. Do you know what I found? It's like across party lines, across ideal ideologies, for the most part, if you are loving to another person, most other people don't have a problem with it. They don't have a problem with it but it's trying to rob your peace because this is what the devil knows. If he can rob your peace, he robs your ability to hear from God. You will do nothing for God if you can't have peace. You will do nothing or very little for God if you don't have peace. Praise God. You know, one of the things the Lord spoke to me in recent times was uh, I put a reminder on my phone, it comes up every mor morning, to look for, his, he said to me, look for me in, in your day. Do you know that takes uh, 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 moments of personal, like I have to force myself to reflect on things to see if it's God. Yeah. To see where God is. If I'm not sensing his presence, if I'm not sensing something going on, I have to take a moment where I step back do you ever do that? God has taught me a lot about that during projects, when I do projects. Now, I'm a very visual learner, so the Lord teaches me this way. But when I'm doing a project, if I'm, I'm working on a project and it's not working out, it's not working out, it's not working out, I always get to this place where I'm like, maybe I need to take a break yeah. and step back. But, but it's got to get done. Do you know how many projects I have had to get done that still have not finished, been finished? Yeah. Do you know why? Because sometimes you have to step back in peace. Now, this isn't an excuse to sit around, well, I just got to get peace all the time, and so you don't do anything. That's not that either. But you understand, when you're working hard at something, and you're, you're giving it all, you're, you're going, throwing everything that you have at it, you're not making excuses, and then all of a sudden, it's like something's not working out, you got to step back. Yeah. Amen? And there's nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah. It's what God has called us to do. Because what it is, is it's kind of like honing in on him. It's, 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 it's kind of saying to us, listen, we're out of sorts. We're out of the, 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 the direction, the place that we need to be. Amen? Yeah, amen? Praise God. I still haven't found James yet. Did you find it? Yes. Tell me how to get there. Show me the way. <laughs> James 3. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verses 16 through 18. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder in every evil thing. What's selfish ambition? Let's just, let's just think of it this way. It's, it, literally, it means strife. Strife. So where strife exists, okay? Selfish ambition, really, to, to think about selfish ambition is, is if, if you're angry at someone else because of what they have and you didn't get it, that's selfish ambition. Yeah. It's strife. You're allowing strife to be there. You know, the Bible says, as much as it's up to you, have peace with all men at all times. Yeah. As much, that means as much as it's up to you. It means that there's probably a lot of places where you can let it be up to you. And if somebody just won't let it be up to you, have you ever found that? Yeah. You ever been like, man, I'm just gonna, as much as it's going to be up to me, I'm going to be in peace. And then all of a sudden, somebody just won't let you have that peace. Yeah. 
Well, then you know to separate. It's that easy. Yeah, right. They're not allowing it. But you know what, what separation does? It causes peace. Yeah. One of the things I loved about Dr. Dufresne, uh, if you didn't remember him, but Dr. Dufresne was a, he, he understood this idea of finding peace uh, at, at least at all costs. He used to teach us peace at all costs. He had a man who sued him for something absolutely ridiculous out there in California. Sued him for something absolutely ridiculous. It, 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 was, it, was, it was completely, he was completely in the wrong, the other guy. You know, it's kind of like we have that, the, 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 the sue culture around here. You know what I mean? Yeah, where you got to sue for everything. But, you, you know, um, uh, I, I love that. That's what I loved about Spain when we were over in Spain because we're like, man, you can walk anywhere. There's no rails. There's no, there's no protection. It's just like, you know, there's no, you know, the, the, the mountain view isn't all mucked up by guardrails and stuff like that. It's just like you walk right up to the edge, fall over if you want. Yeah. yeah. In fact, in, in Spain, this is a rule. If you have a dog and your dog runs out into the street, gets hit, hit by a car, uh, you're responsible for the damage to that car because they don't have the suit culture. You know what I mean? They, they, th they think if, well, if it was your dog, you should have had it under control. Yeah. Like if you, you know, if you, if, if you fell off the edge of the mountain, you should have had it under control. That was your fault, yeah. not the fault of the person who didn't put the, the railing there. Amen. Praise God. But Dr. Dufresne had this, this guy who sued him for something ridiculous. It was like, it was like a $20,000 suit. And the lawyer, uh, his lawyer even said to him, he said, like, you will win in court, but it's going to cost money over time. And what Dr. Dufresne said was simply this, I can't spend the next six months going back and forth to court because I'm called to preach the gospel. So I'll pay it. That's exactly what he did. He paid the guy $20,000. He didn't owe the guy it. The guy was in the wrong, but he paid it. Amen. But you know, it worked out good for him. He had peace. It didn't work out so good for the guy. Um, and, and, and I'm not going to get into all that, but not that somebody went, you know, somebody didn't go, he didn't call in his henchmen or something like that. But, but you know, the Lord doesn't look, look kindly on that, but he does look kindly on when somebody seeks peace at all costs. And so even sometimes if you're wrong, maybe you just, or if you're right, maybe you just need to be wrong for the sake of having peace. What will I do for peace? There's nothing. Remember what I preached about at the beginning of the fruits of the Spirit? Whatever we're talking about is what's going to be attacked. Yeah. Somebody's going to come for your peace this week. Yeah. The devil's going to come for your peace this week. And if you let him have it, you're dumb. Don't let him have it. Yeah. And the reason I said you're dumb is because I'm telling you, it's coming. Yeah. And if it's not this week, it will be next week. Yeah. And if it's not next week, it will be the week after, but it's coming. And you're probably not going to expect it. That doesn't mean if it comes unexpected, did you just sit there and go, I guess I'm dumb. No, that's not what I'm saying. If it comes unexpected, just sit there. Oh, there it is. Recognize it and just be like, I'm going to be in peace. I'm going to live in peace because I trust God. It's going to come to rob your peace. The devil will try to do it. Amen. Praise God. But uh, he can't keep it. He can't have it if you don't give it to him. So where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, literally strife, I won't, if it's going to cause strife, I'm going to do everything in me to stop it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I could give you examples of this, but praise the Lord. Ask me privately, I'll give you example after example of this, of, of, of seeing it work. Amen. But see, here's the thing. Why do we want to be in peace? See, a lot of people be like, well, some people are hard-headed, like I was. It still can be. Um, uh, some people who are hard-headed like that sometimes will be like, well, why do I have to take the, the better road always? Because this is why. 
Because when you endeavor for peace, the Lord will speak to you. When you endeavor for peace, he'll bless you. When you endeavor, because you're striving after that, he gets open roads into your life that didn't exist before because you've opened that road for allowing peace. Do you know God coming into your life isn't, isn't it about what he does? Do you understand that? God in his influence in your life is not about what he does. It's about what you do. Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, oh my Lord. How do we know this? He already did all that he's going to do. He gave you Jesus. He gave you promises. He gave you the word and he gave you instruction. If we operate according to the instruction, it will go well for us. And if we don't, it will go. It won't. Uh, You know, some people point to, well, like, well, what about Paul? It didn't go well for him. It went the way it was supposed to. But God gave him peace about going that way. Do you understand? Like, see, even if you've got to be martyred, God will give you peace about it. Even if you've got to do the hard thing, God will give you peace about it. Do you understand that? See, that's the thing we don't... Yeah, yeah, Paul didn't... He, his ultimate end was horrific. Most of the, the, the apostles was the same way. Their, their end was horrific. But God gave them peace. They knew it. They, they weren't surprised by it. Paul wasn't surprised when he got to the cross. Peter wasn't surprised when he got, or, or however, he, Paul beheaded. I can't remember. Peter was crucified upside down, as others' worst church history uh, would tell us or whatever. But it doesn't matter that we know that there's different things that they did to kill people back then. But they, they, were, they were well aware of it. Actually, Paul said that he's like, I'm going to give you the, the Jeff Michener paraphrase, which won't be real good, but you'll understand it at least probably. But uh, Paul said, you know, like, I, 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 basically, I don't have a lot of direction except for this, that every town I go into is trouble awaits me. Yeah. yeah. But you know what he also said? He said, God delivered me out of every one. So he knew trouble was coming. Specifically knew it. He had that unction on the inside. But Paul followed peace. Do you know Paul was beaten not deserving it, thrown in prison, not deserving it, but he was also set free by an angel. Glory to God. And got a whole bunch of people saved. I mean, if we're going to be beaten, we might as well get something out of it. Right? Praise the Lord. What good is it if you're beaten for your faults, the Bible tells us? It's not good if you're beaten for your faults. So don't do, you know, like some people think, oh, this is my trial because I'm beaten for my faults. No, if you're beaten for your faults, you deserved it. Do you know what I mean? Like if you like like if you touch the hot stove, you get burnt. Like that's not God. That's not God um, disciplining you. That's like the result of touching the hot stove. Amen. Well, praise God. I got to finish up because we're at the end of my uh, time. Uh, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then what? Peaceable, gentle, reasonable. I love that reasonable. Wisdom from above is reasonable. Oh, gosh. There's so many people I want to go to. This is not reasonable. (laughs) It's just not reasonable. What you're saying, it's just beyond reason. It's just not reasonable. Praise God. Hallelujah. Full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness, in other words, the one who is doing what is right, and the proof of that is sown in peace, by those who make peace. Amen. So they are sown in peace by those who make peace. If you are a peacemaker, you will sow seeds of righteousness, sow seeds of peace, which are ultimately seeds of righteousness, which will produce the good fruits that God has called you to do. 
And so, you're like, listen, it's not easy. No one said that. It's not easy to choose peace in the moment, but it always is easier in the end. I, I don't know how many times people come to me and it's about cleanup. Listen, Christian faith is not a cleanup faith. So if you're coming, you cause all kinds of problems just for cleanup, you're coming wrong. You have to work through that process. That's not what the Christian faith is about. But Christianity has been made about that. Just come in, we'll clean everything up. God will clean everything up. Yeah, God wants to wash you to keep you from what you were. Amen. He wants to get the dirt off you and keep it off of you. That's the purpose of what the scripture, the direction of scripture. It isn't so, oh, I can keep stumbling and keep being bad. If you make mistakes, you know, listen, God will be forbearing for that. But we have to have an understanding that it's not okay to just keep making the mistakes. We can't just sit in our sin and stew because there's no peace in that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we will get back into this next week, I am sure, unless Jesus comes back. Praise the Lord, which I don't know if he will, but I hope not because I want to finish this message because it gets better. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But God is with us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Seeking peace. We're looking for God's peace in our life. But brothers and sisters, I want to end with, I want to end this message right now, though, with this. So many Christians are experiencing a lack of peace because they're not doing what they know they're supposed to do. Yeah. If you know that you're supposed to do something and you're not doing that thing, Glory to God, you're not going to find peace. Do what you know that you're supposed to do and God will lead you in the rest. Yeah. But you don't get more of God by rejecting what little he's giving you up front. Right. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. I could spend so much time on just what I just said, but I'm just giving you that as a taste to go forward. Amen? Amen.